0: Matthew chapter 11, really verses 28 through 30. I'll be reading out of the Message Bible today simply because it has some powerful words that we need to hear from the Lord today. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, uh, Matthew chapter 11, excuse me, verses 28 through 30. Listen to what Jesus is saying, because I believe Uh, Even before we get into this text, I believe Jesus is getting ready to minister to somebody right now. Can we hear Jesus talking? I'm reading, but this is really Jesus talking. Jesus said, are you tired? Worn out? Burn out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitted on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. For a few moments, we want to speak on this subject. The unforced rhythms of grace. The unforced rhythms of grace. I'm preaching to you while I'm preaching to me and my household and, and everybody else that I know personally. If I have any monochrome of your business in my mind, I'm preaching to you. You don't have to look down your row and think I'm talking to somebody else. I'm talking to you you. I am talking to you. If you take it personally, I'm glad, because I'm talking to you. Tell somebody else that didn't look me back in my eye, he's talking to you. C.S. <laughs> Lewis, a uh, great professor and author, C.S. Lewis says that the first job each morning consists in shoveling all the voices all back and in listening to the other voice. Taking the other point of view, letting that other, larger, stronger, quieter life flow through. In the 1970s, Alvin Toller wrote a book called Future Shock. If you read this book called *Future Shock*, some of you may have had to read it, uh, have to read it in school or in college. In uh, this book that was that came out in the '70s, uh, it, it was it was entitled *Future Shock*, and it says uh, that there were three great waves. The first great wave was archi- uh, uh, excuse me was agriculture. And after the wave of agriculture, that's how that's how we lived. Then there was the industrial revolution. And so then buildings were being built and machinery was being built. But then, this 1970, 1970, Alvin Toller, he says that there is a third wave coming. And that is the wave of technology. And Alvin Toller said in 1970, in the book Future Shock, he says that if we're not careful, this third wave could literally take us over. 1970, he says this, he says the advent of computers. He said there will be ways and means whereby there will be more information available to people than they are able to handle. It's 1970. If we fast forward to today, to 2018, if you begin to look at it, there are so many ways that you can be bombarded. So many ways that you can be overtaken. Your phone wakes you up. And not only does it wake you up with an alarm, but it wakes you up with news feeds. It wakes you up with every like that you got, every comment that you got. Uh, It wakes you up with a plethora of information, with a bombardment of content. Open up your computer, the same thing. Get in your car, the same thing. Go to your workplace, the same thing. Go to your school, the same thing. Constant bombardment of information. And most of this information, if we're not careful, can create stressors. Can create stressors. I'm going I'm to I'm 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 sound like a professor just for a moment, but I'm going to take up off of it. I'm going to come up off of it. Uh, if you study psychology, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing it correctly, there's such a thing as allostatic shock. Or allostatic overload, which says that there are, there are good stressors. There are things that cause us to be alerted. And we need those things that, that will cause fight or flight in us, that will cause us to know this is dangerous, this is a problem, this is, I might need to run. But because now we have been bombarded with an overload of information and all of these things, because it is emotional in nature, begins to trigger stressors in us, we experience allostatic overload. In other words, now that, that, that part of our psyche that causes us to be alerted is now alerted at a Facebook post. It's now alerted when somebody responds negatively to what you posted. It now responds negatively because now we have technology and we can tap into places that we probably shouldn't even see. We can hear things that that if it weren't for the technology, we wouldn't even hear. We can see things that if it were not for the technology, we wouldn't even see it. Be where you are. But because we are so inundated with technology, watch this. And if you study it, study when you get home. Allostatic shock. If you study it, it will show you that if too much of this is released into your body, it can begin to wear even on your nervous system. It can wear on your respiratory system. It can, so literally, we are stressing ourselves to death because the overload of information that's coming at us. Most of which we can literally do nothing about. so what do we do? Did it start with us? Are we the problem? Is, is the problem this, this new age? Nope. Cell phones are the problem. No. Computers are the problem. It's the internet. The internet is the devil. No. Back up off the internet. It's all them Apple products. Watch your mouth. Maybe them androids. I don't know. But seriously. It's not, it's not that because man has always had a desire for more. Man has always had a desire for technology. You don't believe me? Go back to Adam and Eve in the garden. I've given you everything. I I give you, I give you everything. Everything is at your disposal. You have everything you need. But now I got to tell you about this tree. This is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of this tree, you're going to die, so don't eat it. This is literally the advent of technology. Because now I've been made aware that there is literally a means whereby I can engage in a way that's beyond myself. Knowledge of good and evil. Sound like a cell phone to me sound like a device. It's not you, but if you engage with it, you can get information. But God says, because I don't want you to have that information yet, don't eat it. Now, this this might be conjuncture, this, 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 this may be me putting illusions on the text, but I'm willing to bet that the information that they were trying to get, if they had just walked with God long enough, Everything that's in the tree is in him. And if they had had fellowship with him, they would have got it naturally. But too many of us, we want to rush our relationships. And we want to get stuff before it's time for us to have it. My God, am I preaching in here already? And so we'll rush the relationship by using technological advances to get somewhere that we haven't naturally arrived yet. y'all just had an anniversary. Happy anniversary to the Johnsons. Uh, where the next place y'all want to go out of, out of country? <laughs> Greece? Greece. Beautiful. Thank you. Danita Demarcus, they want to go to Greece. Now, if they're anxious, they can pull up pictures. They can get on their phones right now, their iPads right now, and they can look up pictures, and they can even, they can even get 3D tours. But, is that better Than getting on a plane, flying 15 hours, (laughs) and then standing in the Colosseum. What's better? Many times we have messed up our relationship with God and other people because instead of waiting on the rhythm of God, we rush it. But it ain't real. What you rush ain't real. Oh my gosh, I wish I had. Where are all my sexually active teens? You rush to get some, but it ain't real. Because after you're finished, you still got to go to your uncoveted lifestyle. You can't wake up in the bed like I can with my wife. And maybe commune again if the time is right. Are you, are you, y'all pray for me. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to get through this. Because it's morning. It's not real. You got a hide. You got to find a secret location. You, you got to cover your tracks. You, you got to create an alibi. You got you to gotta create a lie and then find other lie participants and you got to. It's, it's, it's not real. And if you just put weight on the Lord, there is something available for you. But don't 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 get mad at the teenagers only. Because there's a lot of us adults. Oh, help me hold on. That are so inundated with what our neighbor has. that 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 we will manipulate our own selves and the people in our relationships just to get closer to what our neighbors have, only to understand it's not real. So when we engage in this overload of technology, we will find ourselves in a place of death. Watch this. If you eat of the tree, you're going to die. Wait a minute. I didn't die when I ate it, but I got knowledge. And the principle that God was trying to teach Adam and Eve in Genesis and what we need to learn even now today is that if you have more knowledge than character... You see, this 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 is the balance. This is what God wants to do. This is when we're starting to talk about the rhythms of grace. This 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 is what God wants. He wants you to have He wants you to have wisdom and knowledge and character and insight. And some of us we know more than we know what to do with. You know how it works. But do you know its purpose? You know how to get there, but do you know what to do when you arrive? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Because you're so anxious to get there, and when you get there, you have no acumen to operate according to the place that you have been so anxious to arrive to. It's not just Adam and Eve, though. When we get closer to our, to, to, our, uh, to our text of focus, we begin to see different things begin to happen. I, I want to give you a quote, though. Uh, George Kasuna says, the unforced rhythm of grace, the groove, it happens when we find the right rhythm, listen to this, of yes and no, of notes and space. Here it is. You have to find the rhythm in God where you learn how to say yes. Yes. Amen. Yes, because there's when we need to say yes. But at the same token, there are times when we need to open up our mouth and say no. Just because it's offered does not mean it needs to be accepted. There are a lot of free things that are made available to me. Come on, y'all talk back to me for a minute. And if you be honest, there's a lot of free stuff that's been made available to you. But you have to determine through the Spirit of God what's expedient for you. So we we find the unforced rhythm of grace when we learn when to say yes and when to say no. How do I know? Follow the Holy Ghost. This is why we cannot invite the Holy Ghost to certain events you know how we do it. You know what do? When, when it's something deep, we like, oh, Holy Ghost, please walk with me. Oh, Holy Ghost, give me guidance. Give me direction. He's like, wait a minute. I was trying to holler at you Tuesday when you was about to get in that car. You won't hear me. Now you're trying to get this job. Now you're like, Holy Ghost. You know, we, we don't, we don't, we, he, he doesn't want exclusive invitations. He wants total access. He, he, he wants an all-access pass to your life. You see, some of us, here it is, watch this. Now, I'm, I'm going to leave this, Rodney. Some of us, we think we're doing God a favor by making him a VIP in our life. Here we go. We say, hey, God, welcome to James. We've, we've, we've elected a special seat right in the front. You are a VIP. Every special event, you have access. And you can come and be a part of all of James's parties. And he says, Fool, I'm the creator, I'm the director, I am the producer. No, this is how we do. We, we think we're doing Jesus a favor. Come into my life. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Please have a seat of honor in my life. Now, don't touch anything. Don't go back there. Don't go, don't go, into, don't go into my demons. Don't, don't, go, don't go into my closet. Don't go into my dark spaces. No, that's not, that's not your business, Jesus. I'll let you know when I'm ready to trust you and reveal that to you. I know you. Okay, yeah, I don't say that. You're lying. But he says, wait a minute, I need all I need to get behind the scenes. Because watch this. There may be things written on your script. Oh, here it is. I'm, I'm running to Marcus. There, there may be things on your script. There may be things that people in your life wrote on your script illegally. Oh, that abuse that you suffered put something negative on your script. That vice that you develop puts something negative on your script. That that, that inappropriate relationship puts something negative on your script. And you're asking Jesus to be a party to something that is not even real. And he says, if you just let me behind the scenes, if you just let me take a look at the script, I can cross out everything that's wrong, everything that's not right, everything that's not like me, I can rewrite that. That's why Paul says to the Corinthian church if any man be in Christ he is a new creature. Old things, all the stuff that happened to you, all the things that you did to yourself all the things that other folk did to you I can erase that, I can cross that out and I can make you a new creature. So even if we're going in the right direction if we're doing the right work Sometimes we can be burnt out in the way. I love God. I'm serving him. I'm honored to be in his service, but I'm burnt out. Let's dig into this. Bishop Mark Sharona, Bishop Mark Sharona says, when someone is burnt out, they are in a state of chronic, unrelieved stress. Not only can they not manage their time, they cannot manage their very energy of their life. They are physically and emotionally wiped out. They become cynical and start detaching from people and places that once were important to them. Uh, They feel powerless and ineffective. It is as if No accomplishments, they have, rather, they have no accomplishments to celebrate. That's what it means to be burnt out. Serving God, loving God, doing work, but burnt out. That don't happen, right? That never happens. Fast forward to our text of focus, and this is where I'm going to leave you. In our text of focus, we see Jesus speaking, but if we look in the syntax my school of ministry students, y'all know where I'm at. When we look in the syntax of this passage of Scripture, at the top of this, we see a burnt-out Christian leader. John, the Baptist, the great John. John eating locusts and wild, I mean wild locusts and honey. John wearing animal skin. That John. Repent, for the kingdom of the Lord is at hand. Behold, the Son, the Lamb of God will take away the sins of the world. That John, he gets to the place where he's in jail and he says, wait a minute, disciples, Jesus out here healing the sick, raising the dead, and I'm in jail. Go tell him. Are you asking the question, are you the one? Or should I look for another? Now, peep this. If anybody was aware of the full identity of Jesus. It was John. John was the first one even before Peter spoke. When Jesus came on the scene, John said, behold the Lamb of God. This is my cousin. I was jumping in the womb with my mom Elizabeth. I know this is the man. This is the man, but because he's burnt out in ministry. Could it be, Kina? Could it be that John was doing way more than what he was called to do? I, 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 I can't rewrite the Bible, but I got a question, Pastor Kena. I got a question. Once Jesus came on the scene, why didn't he defer to Jesus? Why John still got disciples post-Jesus ministry? Why John still doing ministry when Jesus is on the scene? Some of us work great for God, but don't know how to work with God. Some of us are great Christian servants, just not Christian livers. John now is in watch this because if, if you study if you study the historical context and we're not going to deal deep, deep deep in this but but those of you who are really trying to study the bible you should study this because he's in prison because of a personal rift that he has with the leadership of Rome if he, he would have stayed in the wilderness if he would have just kept preaching jesus and not try to challenge Rome. He may not even have been in. Imp- I can't say I can't say for certain, but I can say some of us can be honest and say if we had to just stay where God put us, and stop trying to let our gift and our calling lead us into realms that we were never called to, but because people keep calling us, we keep saying yes. Is is that Jesus? You, you, you know, you, we, get, we get excited. Our voice get out, you, 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 you. You should have came and seen about me by now. You should have busted up this whole Roman jail. You burnt out, John. You burnt out, and, and, you, don't, and you don't even know that you're talking crazy about the one you've been preaching about your whole life. You burnt out, and now, you, now, now you're talking against the people that's been in your life that's been down for you since day one. You burnt out, and, and now the people that, that you've trusted with your soul all this time, now they ain't got it. You burnt out because, because you've been going through so much that now the very thing that you said you wasn't going to do, you're starting to do it again. You, 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 you burnt out. What do we do? What what do we do? And so after Jesus, watch this. He doesn't, he doesn't, I, I love Jesus because, because he's already in the unforced rhythms of grace. He's already living in that space. I wish I had a metronome. I would, I would, I would put it right here and I would keep it going through this whole service and, and, and let you know that when we find the unforced rhythms of grace, you don't have to listen. Most metronomes are not battery powered. They move according to the rhythm. Nobody has to start it or stop it. Once it's set, it's gone. And some of us, we were set. But we had too many hands touching us. We had too many people Conversing or or, or we we got too excited and we we were no longer satisfied with our pace. Because we seen somebody else's pace and we're like, ooh, that's nice. Not knowing that it was the grace of God that kept us on our pace. Not understanding for a minute that the only reason why we hadn't stopped yet was because God had kept us going. But because we weren't satisfied with us, we started to engage with others. And so now Jesus asks the question, here it is, <laughs> are you tired? You tired? Now now he's not, he's not talking about tired from the day. He's not talking about you're tired because you, you, you've been up too long. He says, in your, is your soul tired? Now here's the reality, our soul should never be tired. Because our soul, watch this, lives in a reality away from our flesh. But now, our flesh influences our soul. And so the only way we get tired is when instead of our soul influencing our flesh, our flesh influences our soul. Uh, The soul is is the intrinsic part of us that is connected to the divine. And so if we do it right, every time we get rest, this is what the Bible says. This is why the Bible says we need to have rest for our soul. Jesus teaches us this. This is why when we go through, we should have grace in our souls to where we, we recess to our souls and we are encouraged. And, and we, we get to the place, as the song says, where we encourage ourselves in the Lord. But if our soul is overwritten with the issues of life, our soul is going to do nothing but throw trash back at us. Are you worn out? To be worn out means, watch this, to be used by the wrong things or people. Jesus says something remarkable to his disciples that some of us may think was Jesus throwing shade. He looks at the disciples and he says, don't cast your pearls to swine. Some of us are at the point of exhaustion right now because we're trying to save folk that don't want to be saved. Some of us are getting ready to let all the curse words of 2018 that we've hailed come out between November and Christmas. i have inhaled these F-bombs all year. And it's about to be over again at Thanksgiving. Why? Because you have been warned out watch this? By things that were come into you that you were never fit for. David getting ready to go to Goliath and 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 Saul is like, listen, man, if you if you bow, if you that bout it, listen, listen, take my armor, take, take my sword. I, I know it's too big for you. I mean, Saul was six-four, David was five-four. It wouldn't fit for him. But watch this. Many of us don't do what David did because we got so much respect and we, and we so sycophant about Saul, we'll put on Saul's stuff. And then we'll get worn out because we're carrying something that God never called us to carry. Listen to me. I, I, am, I know there's something that God called you to do, but some of us are not doing it the way God called us to do it. God called David to kill Goliath, but David had to make a choice right then and there. Do I take this stuff that wasn't fit for me and kill him, or do I trust God and kill him with the smooth stones I got in my bag? Because see, some of you don't trust God like you say you do. Some of us, we we believe that we can do it, but we don't believe we can do it with what he gave us. Am I preaching here? I know you want me to get this, but I can't get it with this credit, Jesus. I know you want me to do this, but I can't do it with this much help. What makes you think if God told you you could do it, that he's not going to fit you with everything you need to do it? Stop trying to put God into your humanistic mindset. God says, I'm so God, I can make this young boy kill a grown giant with a rock. You think that I can't take your 542 and get you a house? you talking to now I'm not I'm not saying that any of us need to be imprudent I'm not saying that you gotta you gotta act crazy with your life all I'm telling you that if God said it he's gonna fit you with everything you need to do it now mind you Even though it may not look like it to you, the only reason why it doesn't look like it to you because you're still trying to figure out how he's going to perform a miracle with human work. That's why it's called a miracle, family, because it defies the laws of nature. But too many of us, here it is, I'm going to get out your way, too many of us want God to make sense. You want me to make you safe or make sense? Which one you want? You want sense or safety? Which one you want? I'm trying to get you up out of here. You want a blueprint. When I say go, go, run. And you tell me where I'm going to run to, how far, how many centimeters, how many miles, can I get a GPS, can I get a destination, what's my ETA? Girl, just go. are you burnt out on religion? The God of our religion says, are you burnt out on religion? Here's what Jesus is saying. He says that I'm mindful of the fact, because notice John, look at John, his biggest worker just cussed at him. So something ain't right. He asks, are you burnt out on religion? In other words, are you burnt out on formalities that don't lead, watch this, to divine principle? Are you burnt out on doing stuff for the sake of doing it, not really understanding the purpose behind it? Are you are you are you burnt out? on all of the stuff that mama said but didn't explain hey, no shade to mama no, sle- no no shade to mama but the reality is is that some stuff that we were taught to do we, we were taught to do it because we were made to think that if we do that Jesus is going to be happy but instead of us here can I help somebody quick I know this is not going to get no amens but I need you to understand something there is nothing you can do to make Jesus happy He's happy with the fact that he loves you. Oh, my God. You see, we keep trying to figure out how to get his love when we realize that his love is our inheritance. We're trying to figure out how to get his blessing, how to get his approval. Baby, I approved you with my blood before you ever even were born. Your birth certificate is your approval. Are you alive? We don't have to work for his approval. Now, watch this. We may have to work for a greater elevation. And I'm not mad at that. You want more? Work. Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But you do not have to work to be approved to God. You do not. And even as it relates to what Paul talks about, a workman needing not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth, he's talking about as we serve him in his word and as we teach according to the scripture, not according to our own feelings, thoughts, and emotions. He burnt out on religion. So stop, here it is. Here now, I I, I I I will go out on a limb and I'll say this, and I'll say it proudly. If the only reason why you come here is because you've been coming here, stop coming. I'm not mad. I want to fill every seat, but I don't want that kind of fool. I want the kind of fool to where we all know why we're here. And we have an understanding of our purpose. And we know that we're not trying trying to please God, but that we're here because he's already pleased with us. And we want to meet with the man who's pleased with us. And we honor him and celebrate him because, watch this, we didn't do anything to make him pleased. What does he say? Come to me. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Don't make the mistake of doing God's stuff, but not doing it with God. Everything is better with him. I love my wife. I like doing stuff for her, but I promise you, I like doing stuff with her better. And every husband said, "Amen." Are oh, we gonna get you to that? Amen. In Jesus' name, we're gonna pray, restore in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, listen. Jesus would rather be with you. The Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ would rather be with you. He don't care nothing about all that running you doing. Gotta do this for the church, gotta do this for the Lord, gotta do this, gotta do this for the people, gotta do this for the little brother, gotta do this for the little sis, gotta help everybody, gotta help everybody. And I promise you, when you die, somebody else gonna help them. You don't believe me? Die. And watch, don't somebody else pay their phone bill. That they may not even need anyway. I'm just... He says, come with me. And, and, and come with me, come away, listen to this, don't miss this, come away with me and you'll recover your life. The only way to get back to the rhythm, the unforced rhythm of grace, there will be seasons where we will need to come away from the normalcy of life to be with God. If that looks like a vacation, if that looks like a Sabbath, if that looks like days away, you need to figure out in your context how to have time with God. Even if it's that 10-15 minutes, lock yourself in the bathroom. <laughs> ain't, got, ain't got no lock, put your foot up against the door. Leave it out. I'm talking to Jesus. I need time. Find your space. Go in the listen, y'all, <laughs> y'all come to my house. I will be in my closet because my kids are crazy. And I love them. Daddy! If it's really good, Christy again underneath the crack. Daddy, I know <laughs> you're in here. <laughs> Lay it on, <low>, Chris. <laughs> Find your space. Come away with him so that in that space you can restore life. Here it is. Every one of you have a beautiful life that you need to live, but because we are, we are, we are in such peril, we can't recover it. I'm praying in the name of Jesus, I'm I'm concluding this this sermon, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that in the next seven days, some of you are going to find your smile. You're going to remember why you actually got married. You're going to remember the joy of actually being saved. Restore unto me, yes, David, the joy of my salvation. He says, I'll show you how to take real rest. Real rest. Real rest is not you multitasking from home. Amen, somebody. Real real rest is not you with the devices in bed. Man, I promise you, Apple is anointed. Listen, they have this thing called do not disturb. Oh, bless my whole life. They have this thing called time limits. Ooh, glory to God. Update your phone. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and, and the device could actually work for us as opposed to against us. It'll tell the people, I know, I know you are the most important person in the world, but not right now. I know you need to get this text to me. And you need me to get all of this juice. But not right now. He says, I'll show you how to take real rest. This real rest that he speaks of is a rest, watch this, where we actually find ourselves in a posture that we realize, God, you're, you're better suited to handle everything in my life anyway. So I'll lay down and I'll put my life in your hands. And let you handle it until you wake me up and tell me to go back to it. That's rest. That's rest. He goes on to say, walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Now, here it is. Walk with me. I, I I I know we sing, walk with me, Lord. But that song is Backwards of Two Left Shoes. I, thank God. Thank you, Granny. I appreciate you for singing that song. Amen. But many of us are in the situation that we're in right now because we're demanding God to walk with us as opposed to walking because you could be walking down the butt-backwards road and you singing, walk with me, Lord, while I'm with this man that ain't married to me. Walk with me while I'm in this lie. But if we say, God, I want to walk with you. And when we walk with God, we have to make a decision to choose direction. Because many times, oftentimes, all the time, God is going to walk in opposition to everything that is wrong. And if I'm walking with God, then I don't have to question whether I'm in the right place. How long have we wasted time trying to figure out if we're doing right or not? Because we love God and we're trying to be right, but because we're not sure where we are, we're like, mm, God, am I, is it is it, is it, is it, is it, hey, all that stuff. Because we don't know where we are. But if we're walking with him, I don't have to worry about where I am. You may not like it. My position may not be comfortable to you, but that's only because you're not walking. Work with me. The only work we should be doing is the work that is empowered by God. We talked about this in in Bible study, and I want to lift it up again. Iniquity means that I'm doing God's stuff without God's power. So if I'm a worker of iniquity, Jesus says, listen, uh, they're going to come a time at the end of age where they're going to say, Lord, I, I, I prophesied in your name. I cast out demons in your name. I healed the sick and raised the dead in your name. He's going to say, really great. You use all my gifts and not my grace. And so I don't know you. Bye. We don't want that. And here's the thing. We don't have to be scared of it. We just have to be in relationship with him. Because there are too many of us that have caught, get caught into the trappings of church and never really felt God. Here, here's what amazes me. Most of the people I'm talking to now, especially the people who are leaders in this church, I, I say, well, you know, talk about their relationship with God and their conversion experience. Most of them, it's like, yeah, I was 30, and I finally heard a good sermon. And, and I was at that sermon aligned with where I was in my life. And it finally made sense. And I finally said Yes. Now I've been churching my whole life, but I finally met Him. Cause see you be, listen, I, I never want Heavenly Vision to become a church that you can be comfortable with the them and not with Him. I don't ever want to get so big to where people can can function comfortably. With them and not with him. Like something got to happen, some conversation, there's something, have to, something has to go on to where at least you feel pricked to like maybe I should meet him. Yeah. He says, watch how I do it. You have to keep your eyes on the Lord because if we do not keep our eyes on the Lord, we will not know how to live. He says, I want you to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. This is something we have to learn because we live in a day and age where we're moving like this. You got to learn to slow down. You got to learn how to flow with Jesus. You got to learn to stop asking a million questions when something go wrong. Yes, I know. You got to learn to stop being CSI, your house. Listen, here it is. The Bible says, unless the Lord keep the house. See, you, I mean, listen, you, I mean, you checking the cameras, you, you know, you checking where you at, what time you, you know, you doing, you doing a whole lot. You, you calling people, you, you looking out the window, you know what I mean? You, phone, the phone stay on the nightstand too long, you like, I mean, you, listen, if you got to do all of that, and not to say that some folk ain't suspect in your life. Because there's some folk that probably need a second look. Amen. But after you look the second time, you're going to have to ask yourself, do I trust you? Are you going to keep this? This house, this marriage, this relationship, this job, I'm not about to go into somewhere and look over my shoulder every day. If y'all going to fire me, just fire me. If not, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to do the work that God called me to do. I'm not about to kiss nobody's behind and and live crazy and sweat every time I go into a meeting because I'm... Am I going to trust him or am I going to trust him? My job is in your hands, man. And I thank you for writing the check. But at the end of the day, hallelujah, my life is in God's hands. And if you people, see, I almost used it, Donita. If you people decide to find me today, I promise you he'll take care of me and wake me up tomorrow. So in that regard, have a nice day. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitted on you. Anything on you right now that doesn't fit you, you either put it on yourself or you let somebody else dress you. But God is not your stylist. Anything in your life right now that's stressing you out, that's keeping you up at night, that's pulling you out, uh, that's either you or somebody else in your life. That's not Jesus. Jesus. And we say this real cute Christian stuff. Oh, this is just my bird and this is my thorn. Fool you not, Paul. You ain't wrote one letter to the church. You won't have a thorn. You have no thorn. You have vices that you need to remove when you start writing letters to the church, when you start operating in apostolic succession, then we can talk about some thorns in your flesh. But until then, take off them nasty clothes that God never told you to put on and walk with him. He says, I'm not going to put anything heavy or ill-fitted on you. Keep company with me. Notice this. Some of us are highly uncomfortable in the presence of God to where the only time we can tolerate it is in a room full of other people. And as soon as we get to 1245, we get to be in an antsy because now revelation is flowing. And now we're getting uncomfortable with the realities of ourself that somebody is speaking to us that we didn't tell them about but we're beginning to become conscious of the fact that God actually sees my life and he actually knows me, and I don't know if I'm ready to deal with a God who knows me. I'd rather stay in relationship with people that I can give them my persona and they'd be comfortable with that. He says, from now on, I want you to keep company with me because I'm going to reveal to you the real. And some days it's going to be easy. Some days it's going to be hard, but at least we're here. And if we're here, we're going to get better together. If we're here, watch this. I'm, I'm one of the only ones, God says, that can deal with the whole real of you and still want to be down with you. Can I pause parenthetically and say this? If I got to wear a wig to be cool with you, I'm not cool with you. If I got to tap dance every time I see you to make you happy, boo, you ain't that important. If we're going to do life together, you need to be comfortable with my transparency. I need to be able to trust you enough to be vulnerable before you. And Jesus says, if you keep company with me, watch this. I'll show you the company to keep. My God. If you you stay with me, me and my friends will become your friends. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. And you will learn how to live freely and lightly. God never intended for your life to be so costly. What does God gain from you paying the cost for your life when he already paid the ultimate cost for it? What does God gain from you pouring out all of your existence to make something happen for yourself when he put his own son on the cross to give you that life he says I will give you a life that is free and light watch this free but not inexpensive, because it costs me everything, but it's free to you. (laughs) Don't think for a minute that your life ain't worth anything. Oh, it costs me everything, says the Lord, but it's free to you. I love how my children just run through the house and use Wi-Fi, and they jump in our vehicles, and they ride. And every vacation and every, and every gathering we do, they go and they enjoy it and, they, and, they, and, they, and they, they embrace all of the experiences, no cost to them. But I know exactly how much it costs to vacation in that spot. And watch this, because of my love for them, I do it all over again next year. God says, I paid too much for your life for you not to enjoy it. I paid too much for you, for your life, for you not to actually live it. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Just walk with me and learn how to live it. Too many of us can't live the life that God called us to live because we got the life and we say, okay, thank you for the life. Now let me go figure out how to live it. let's do this family. Let's say, okay, since you gave it to me, show me how to live it. Since, since you paid for it, help me do it. I rebuke the spirit of fatigue, spirit of burnout. Listen, we're gon- we're going to do this thing with ease. We're going to do this thing in linen. You hear me? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna live our life according to the spirit of God. We're going to work when he tells us to work and we're going to rest when he tells us to rest. There's a lot we need to get done. Absolutely. And if it's God's will to do it, you will. You need to embrace the fact that there are some things on your agenda that God didn't put there. And so don't think about Don't think it as if they missed you. You were never supposed to be there. Can I pray for you? Can we pray together? Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up to you my brother and my sister, and I pray now, God, in your mighty spirit that you would allow them all needful grace to walk according to your spirit, to live according to the life that you have called them to live. Father, I pray that you would key them in to the unforced rhythms of grace, just like the tide and the wave. You keep it in place because of your son. Keep us in place through your son so that we will know how to be, when to be, where to be, what to be, and who to be with. We submit it all to you now, God. And it is so. Jesus name amen Amen. did anybody hear from the Lord thank you pastor hallelujah we're doing good listen I want to charge you this week slow down be at pace with the spirit move at the speed of the spirit this may be very weird for you